0: because we are very disappointed. But see, it doesn't matter. See, I'm gonna wear an NFL shirt and I'm gonna root not for the Patriots, so anyway. And you can come, we have a good time. If you don't like football, it's okay. I mean, it isn't about the football, it's about the fellowship. And those that have come that have never liked football before, never watched a game in their life until they came to our Super Bowl party, return every year because they're fun. It's about the food and it's about the fellowship and the game is just kinda you know, it's kind of like going to a f- to a fight, and a hockey game broke out. Those of you that know anything about hockey? It's kind of that scenario. We're going to a Super Bowl party, and the Super Bowl will be on the TVs. Two of them. We have two TVs. 73 inch, 55 inch above it. Want to make sure we watch football? Say, well, that's kind of crazy. No, you can watch two footballs of the same games at the same time. Doesn't no, no, that makes sense. So anyway, come on, we have a good time. <laughs> we have a good time and you will have a good view of the game. And we have food. We have wings. We have uh chili cheese dip with with Doritos. We have cheese and we have we have celery. Some celery. Because if you eat a piece of celery and all the other stuff, it cancels out all the calories. Yeah. No calories eaten at a super party count. Right. You know, you just that's just the rule, see? That's not gospel, so I don't think it is. So anyway, co- come to our house. If you don't know where we live, it's real easy to find. Ask us for directions or just head east towards Page. Mile marker 59, you turn left, just pass the first turn off. You turn left, you turn right the first road, and you can't miss it. It's a big cross in front of it. Real easy to see, real easy to find. So come there, and we're going to have a good time. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Pastor Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord, and your blessings, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity in your house, Lord, and to worship you, Lord, and I just pray your anointing upon this message, Lord, may we receive it, Lord, into our hearts, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Now, unless you live in a cave, I guess you know this is Super Bowl Sunday. Did anybody come to church and not know this was Super Bowl Sunday? Anybody? I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) I know that we have a variety of team rooting in, the, in, this, in this church and that's good, but none of our teams I don't think is in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but that's okay, we're still gonna have fun. And I hope that the S- Seahawks beat up on the New England Patriots by 50 points. I just hope they do, you know? My favorite team is anybody that plays the Patriots. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but the Super Bowl is a big deal, isn't it? And it's amazing. People go crazy at this time of year, don't they? Man, I'm kidding you. They go out and buy HD TVs. Some of them go out and buy HD TVs, the big ones, and then after the game they return them, say I didn't like them. <laughs> but they buy these big TVs and and all this money that's spent on snacks and drinks and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it would boggle our mind if we actually knew how much was spent. And I know we kind of get an idea of it, but billions also will be bet on this game. And fortunes will be lost or won because of this game. And I didn't bet on either team, in case you're interested. I didn't. I, bel- I, I don't bet. I like a sure thing. God's a sure thing. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to bet on is God and what he says in his word because that's a sure thing. Anybody who wants to bet against me, the Lord's going to return again. Hey, my whole everything I have, I'll bet the farm on that. So anyway, but billions will be made and lost on this game. People will bet money they don't have. People will do stupid things during this game. Fights will break out. And all kinds of stuff that you hear happens during the Super Bowl. In some respect, you know, it's kind of people say, well, man, why do people get so worked up over a game? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why we do. We just do. we got have to have somebody to root for. we got to have, you know, to be able to do that. So we do that. And 73,000 are going to fill the stadium today. In Arizona, of course, would have been nice. The Cardinals would have been playing, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd been okay. I mean, you know, that'd been per- the perfect outcome. I don't. It's hard. I don't think we've ever had a Super Bowl where the people played was their stadium, have we? I don't know. I'm Ireland. off the top of my head. I don't think so. Who did? Ireland. In Arizona Stadium? Oh, Okay. Guess I don't know. So anyway, they're going to fill the stadium and after paying $3,500 for an upper bowl ticket. That's upper bowl, that's way up there, nosebleed section. You know, I'm going, wow. And it doesn't stop there. Some people start buy a package starting at $6,900 that includes a ticket, airline tickets, a hotel room, and a tailgating party for $6,900 for those upper bowl t- seats. You know, I kind of wanted to go to a super, at least one Super Bowl in my lifetime, but I cannot justify that kind of money. I can buy four TVs and put them around my room and get all the, <laughs> t- for that. And it'll st- if the gift keeps on giving, I just cannot see it. I've been to, uh, in Broncos Stadium. We lived, did live in Denver for a while, and we attended, I attended two games at the, at the stadium there, the Broncos games. I think Randy and watched three, and Sheldon, how many did you watch? One or two? I'm talking about in the stadium. stadium. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right, that's right. That's right, because we live there. Okay, so I got the, and I still have the ticket for the last game at Broncos Stadium, Mile High Stadium. So if you wanna buy it, Mm -hmm. I may be able to get (laughs) get a good price. I think you still have your ticket too, don't you? So, yeah. So it w- you know it was a big deal. And that's okay. Last year almost hundred and twelve million people watched the Super Bowl in America. Now that you know that's a lot of people, but when you figure there's three hundred and one million in America, then that number really is astounding. Now you know why there's so much money spent on this game. And this year ads start at four and a half million dollars for 30 seconds. And if you have $4.5 million dollars that you don't know what to do with, you can buy a commercial for the Super Bowl. <sighs> I can't even imagine it. 30 seconds for $4.5 million. Dollars. Wow. There are 32 teams in the NFL, and only two of them end up in the Super Bowl. And then only one will win. Hopefully it will be the Seahawks, because I don't like the uh, Patriots. Huh? <laughs> that be nice? A tie? Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we plan forever. <coughs> so anyway, they win, somebody will win. Vince Lombardi, former coach of the Green Bay Packers and winning coach of Super Bowl One, said winning is not something a sometime thing. It's an all-time thing. You don't win once in a while. you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit, unfortunately so is losing. Every time a football player goes to play, he's got to play from the ground up, from the soles of his feet right up to his head. Every inch of him has to play in order to win. That's the same thing with everything, isn't it? Everything we do, especially as believers, we have to serve God from the ground up, from the soles of our feet to the top of our head. We have to serve God, and that's what happens in a game. Now, um, Vincent Lombardi, of course, we know that the trophy's named after him. <laughs> so we know that he's a pretty important guy to football. And uh, so each of us have a, our own Super Bowl that we have to fight. And we're all in a Super Bowl of our own. Only the difference is, the end of this game, you win a championship and you get to play for it for a year and get the bragging rights and all that. But then it's over. You have to start over again next season. That isn't what it's like as our Super Bowl. We start at the time we accept Christ as our Savior, and it's a game. uh, It's not a game. It's a real-life situation that we are involved in, but it has eternal consequences. We can't afford to lose that. We don't uh, get to win and lose or whatever. It doesn't matter. We have to win our Super Bowl. Now, desire, discipline, commitment, focus, sacrifice, and character applied in and day in applied day in and day out, separates the Super Bowl champion team from a team with a worst record. And these same traits define a Super Bowl Christian champion. Those same things. Now we find these two traits in two passages. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Do you not know that in, a, that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do not get a crown that will not last, but they get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, (coughs) <coughs> Paul is referring to what they call it, what is the Isthmian games held every two years in Corinth and they're similar to our Olymp- olympics of course the olympics we know happened uh, originated in Greece and so that's what he was using as his uh, example for this verse cuz he sees it and they run just for to win a crown made out of leaves so of course if you want to win a crown or you win that there's money and there's fame and glory that goes with it and it lasts, I guess, for two years. You get to be a champion, and then you have to defend that title. And so Paul is telling us you have to run differently. You have to put as much effort into serving God as they do in preparing for these games, training every single day of their life in order to do that. And Olympics, that's what it is, isn't it? They train for four years for that one moment in time. Four years of their life they train to get into the game. Now, I, I can't even imagine the stuff that those people get into. I got to watch some more of that figure skating. Yesterday, I liked the figure skating, uh, and I know a lot of people do. And they, all these things that they have to go through f- until they get to that point. Because that's just making it to the Olympics is a, is a great thing. But winning it, that's e- even a better thing. Uh, <coughs> now, athletes who completed for these things just received temporary things that they got. Of course, Paul is uh, telling us or trying to get us to be able to run for a race or compete for eternal value. And he says that uh, he runs for something that's going to last forever, not just something that's temporary. Now, he says, I do not fight like a man beating the air. Now, you know, I sit there and wonder, beating the air, what does that mean? It's called shadow boxing. Have you ever watched boxing? They shadow box. They're just beating the air, aren't they? There's no opponent. There's nobody around them. They're just practicing punching. He said, I'm not doing that. I'm doing things for a purpose and for a reason. And that's what he wants to do. Um, Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Not that I have already attained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to do do that. We need to realize we're not there yet. Paul says, I'm not there yet. I'm still working on it. And if Paul had to still work on it, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. We're not going to arrive... Till we die or Christ returns. That's the reality of it. We've got to keep on pressing on. Now, the first trait of a Super Bowl Christian is desire. Paul tells us to run with a purpose, run with everything that we do. We do everything we do for a purpose. We work. Some of you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. But why do you do it? For the paycheck. There's a purpose for the reason for everything that we do. We have to have a purpose. If we don't, we won't do it. We have to have a reason to do it. We may not like getting up every morning, going to church. We may not like getting up every morning, going to work. But there's a purpose. God knows we need purpose in our life. And if we don't have a purpose, we're going to wander aimlessly all over until we end up where the devil wants us. God has a purpose for each one of us. And your purpose isn't my purpose. Of course, our overall purpose is to serve God. That's the reality of that. We want to dedicate our life to him. That's a purpose that we have God puts purpose in our hearts when we come to know him. Now, desire is to want something. Great desire is to want something so bad that you can taste it. You ever wanted something that bad? I think all of us have. That's what we need to do when we look at serving God. We have to want it so bad we can taste it. And God said, taste and see. I'm good. So he knew that we had to have a purpose, and we have to be able to want it so bad we can taste it. And when we can do that, we will succeed. Now, (coughs) to be a super Christian, we, we have to have a desire to have a close personal relationship with Christ. That's the greatest desire we have to have is to have a personal relationship with him. If we don't, we won't be able to do anything else. That has to be the number one desire in our heart. And it should compel us to run with all we have. If we have that desire in our heart, we'll be able to do that. If we don't have that desire in our heart, we won't be, show up for church, won't show up for Bible study, won't show up for anything, I'll oh, come when I feel like it. You, don't, you, you can't do that if you have a personal relationship with God. And it helps build that relationship by coming to church. Say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. That's true. But every person I've asked that of, I says, what do you do to serve God? They say, Oh, I worship God in the mountains. I said, okay, do you? Do you set out a certain time of Bible study and prayer or something on Sundays while you're in the mountains? Why are you doing this? Well, no. See, they have no purpose. Going to church gives us, um, makes a habit of us serving God and coming to church. We talked about habits in Sunday school. And we have to be a habitual Christian. I'm a habitual Christian. When you're a habitual Christian, you just automatically do it a certain way. It takes 30 days to become, to make a habit. If you want to make a habit, do it for 30 days. It's hard to do it, but after third day 31, you will just automatically do it. I get up every morning. I drink my coffee, and I read my daily daily reading that I do so I can read the Bible through every year. I do that every year. I have a purpose, and I just automatically do it. I don't have to think about it. I just get up and do it, and that's what we need to do. Well, Sunday morning, I don't have to think about it. I just get up and go to church. So, well, yeah, you have to because you're the pastor. Well, I don't preach every Sunday, and I can stay home just as easy as you can. So, well, you can't call in sick. Yeah, that's true. I can't. Sometimes if Randy's here, he can do it, (laughs) or Pastor Sheldon. But we have to have a reason and a purpose in our life. Unfortunately, too many people, instead of going for the gold, settle for the silver or the bronze. And unfortunately, in the world of, of being a Christian, there is only gold. There is no silver and bronze. You either win or you lose. Simple. God made it simple. He says if you run and you keep running that race, and you keep striving to do what you, I would call you to do, you'll win. You'll get the gold. You'll get the crown. Too many believers never get too far past the starting line. And that's the sad part. They come in for a little while and get excited, and they and they don't develop the habit. And when it's not a habit, you figure, well, it's a choice. I can choose to go to church. Or I choose not to go to church. Well, take it up with God. That ain't what God said. God said, forsake not the assembling yourself together. You if you want to know me, you have to come to the places where we are worshipped. We need to worship Christ's body. That's why we come. We come to help each other. We come to lift each other up. We come to be equipped. Now, instead of straining and pressing on, we get too comfortable sitting on the sidelines. There are a lot of people in the football game today that will never get in the game. And they're comfortable in that role, sitting on the sidewalk and be, being on the practice squad or whatever, because if their team wins, they still get the ring. They still get the crown. But as a believer... There's no sidelines. You're either in the game or you're not. There's no fence sitters. You're either in the game or you're not. When you're in the game and you're striving and you're doing the best you can, you'll win the gold. You'll win the prize. You'll make it. And hey, that's a pretty good deal, knowing that you can win. And God says, hey, I'm prophesying to you. You do this and you will win. And if God said it, it's so. So if we trust in, trust in him, and we believe in him, let him live through us. He'll make sure it happens. <coughs> Be- becoming a pro athlete begins with a burning desire to compete and win. All these basketball players, football players or whatever, they had a b- burning desire to do that from the time they were a small child. I know a lot of it for the wrong reasons, but uh, it doesn't make any difference. They had a burning desire to, to uh, do it. Vince, Bo- Vince w- phew, just brushed my teeth, can't get the thing of my mouth this morning. Vince Lombardi said the difference between a sexual sex successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but a, but rather in a lack of will. Yeah. That's it. We can do anything we want to do. We can. We just have to want to do it. It's our choice to do it. Paul had that kind of desire. He was the Bart Starr and the Vince Lombardi Vince Lombardi of, oh man, Lombardi. Lombardi, there you go, Lombardi, <laughs> of early Christianity. Now, if you don't know who Bart how many know who Bart Starr was? All us old people. He played in the first Super Bowl for the Green Bay Packers. Actually, they won two t- the first two Super Bowls championships, he did. So he was a, he's in the Hall of Flame, Hall of Flame, <laughs> One day, it's going up in flames. <laughs> but they were the superstars in that era. And I remember I watched them playing on TV, and the Packers were my team growing up. I loved them and the Steelers, you know, growing up. Of course, when I got older, then I, then I made better choices. But Anyway, the second trait of Super Bowl Christian is discipline. Now, discipline only works if, excuse me, desire only works if it's accompanied by discipline. We may wanna lose weight and talk about, oh, I wanna lose 10 pounds or I wanna lose five pounds, but unless it is accompanied with discipline, nothing will happen. That's what we said we, d- you know, we gotta put feet to our words. When we do that, things work. Discipline is the fuel that motivates us to success. We can be the prettiest, shiniest, fastest car in the showroom, but without gasoline, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Boy, look at that good-looking car I got. Go for a ride, can't? Ain't got any gas. What good is it? That is a <coughs> excuse me. Discipline is the fuel that gets us from point A to point B. It's the fuel in our tank to serve God. We will be doomed to be a spiritual weakling and easy prey for Satan and demons without discipline. We have to discipline ourselves to um, do the things that he wants us to do. I may have the wanna, but if I don't have the gotta, I'm never going to have the getta. That's the reality of it. That's what discipline is. It, it, get, it helps us achieve our goals for us. To, to attempt to live the Christian life without spiritual discipline b- would be like Don Knotts Climbing into the ring with Mike Tyson, somebody's going to get hurt really bad. How many know who Don Nance is? <laughs> Andy Griffin show. Oh man, am I old? <laughs> and so is everybody that raised their hand. <laughs> it was one of those. It was reruns for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was a, a sheriff to Andy Griffin, who was i mean, an associate sheriff, deputy sheriff, and Andy Griffin was a sheriff. And he had a gun that he carried. And he had one bullet, and he had to tell him he could put it in his gun. <laughs> and he was just a scrawny little guy that could—you know—you blow him over, he'd fall. So that's who he is. And you know who Mike Tyson was? Okay. Put them two in the ring. Now you see the problem. Actually, just put me in the ring. You see what happened? <laughs> Fifteen years ago, I'd have got a few licks in, but now phew, I'm done notch. So anyway, somebody ain't going to hurt really bad unless we are spiritual strength. and Discipline gives us that. 1 Corinthians 9.24. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. See, Paul is struggling with the same things that we struggle with. He says, man, I'm doing all these things. I'm beating my body into shape. And that isn't the Tarzan cry, oh, that ain't what he's talking about. (laughs) That means he's forcing his body to do the things that it does not want to do in order to reach the prize. And he says, man, I don't want to do all this stuff and be lost, disqualify myself. Paul was concerned about it, and he knew the minute he quit striving, the minute he quit pushing himself, that he's going to fall into that category. And he didn't want to be disqualified. That's why he keeps pushing himself. And that's why we need to keep pushing ourselves. It doesn't matter. Whether we're old or young or whatever, we still have to strive. And discipline helps us to do that. <coughs> we know that uh, bodybuilders add more weight and reps to increase their muscle mass. You know, all you bodybuilders up, you know. You lift weights and they've got all these bodies. You know, they go like this and they stand in front of the mirror and Well, they didn't get there just by waking up with that body. None of them woke up like that. I don't care who you like in the movies. I don't care how sexy they are. They strive to get there. In 50 years, they won't look like that anymore. Clint Eastwood used to be really sexy when he was younger. Now look at him. He looks like me. (laughs) In the fact that he's, he's not as, didn't have the muscles he used to have and whatever. Bad example. Now you're all trying to want, figure out what I look like compared to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Ever Which Way But Loose movie and the baboon that's in there? That's me. <laughs> oh man, all that. Where am I gone? God, help me here. Let me get back here. <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. So, so how do we add discipline? When we we add discipline, we push ourselves to become stronger through prayer, Bible reading, studying the Bible, attending church, giving and serving. No one wakes up a mature Christian. Billy Graham didn't just wake up one day and was a mature Christian. He strived for his whole life to do what God called him to do. And he's still striving. Of course, he doesn't preach and do the things he used to because he's, you know, he's spent. But he's still pushing and doing the things that he want, He needs to do for God. He's still doing those things. It's a lifelong thing. We don't get, you know, get 20 years in and then we get to retire. There's no retirement in serving God. If you live 100 years after you become a believer, you need to put work for Christ or uh, have that discipline and relationship with Christ for 100 years. 1 Timothy 4, 7. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has the value for all all things, holding promise for both the present and the life to come. And Hebrews 12, 7a, endure hardships as discipline. We have to train ourselves to be godly. We are not born to be the godly. We are born to be sinners. We have a sin nature in us when we're born. And when we become a believer, we become born again. So we get a new nature. We get God's nature within us. And when we submit to God's nature, then we live differently. Our lives are different, everything we do is different. But that's the only thing we can do. We have to give God into our lives. There are no shortcuts to being physically fit. I'm not kidding you. If you think you're going to be physically fit and not exercise, you are crazy. If you think you're going to be a strong Christian and not discipline yourself, you are crazy. It won't happen. You have to force yourself to read the Bible when you don't want to. You have to force yourself to study. You have to force yourself to pray. Sure, there's days when it's easy. But I'm guaranteeing if you weigh the things, the harder days is is going to outweigh them because the devil will see to it, do his best to keep you from doing those things, but you have to push through those things. It doesn't matter how many phone calls I get, I'm still gonna get through my reading. It doesn't matter how many things are going on, I'm still gonna pray. We have to discipline ourselves to do that. <coughs> and we train ourselves. We are the ones that are responsible for our own righteousness. We train ourselves. Um, discipline isn't easy or fun, but it's essential to success. I don't like discipline. Our kids don't like it when we try to discipline them either. And we're God's kid and He disciplines us, or we can discipline ourselves. Take your choice. I don't like God spanking me. Have ever how many of you ever had God spank you? The ones that haven't raised your hands aren't are, are living closer to God than I am then. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, God, this is this a spanking or a punching? <laughs> Anyway, Tom Landry, former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, my second team that I don't really care for, but they do like, <laughs> like it when Tom Landry was there. The job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. That's part of my job, to help you do and be able to equip you to be able to go out there and do, do what God wants you to do. Whatever I'm talking about this morning, there's something in it God has for you, something I don't even know I said. Maybe it's in one of the funding comments. Maybe it's in the serious ones. But there's something in this message for every one of you that, hey, today, if you listen to it. <coughs> Most of us want to win, but we just don't like doing the hard stuff, do we? I don't like doing the hard stuff either. Of course, like I said, my shoulder and hand and stuff like that has kept me from exercising like I want. But every single day for a, about 20 minutes to a half hour on my other exercise equipment, and half hour on my elliptical every day, six days a week I do this. Now if i got in it in for 10 minutes, it probably kill me. But <laughs> it's just keeping on, keeping on, keeping on. So the third and fourth traits of a Super Bowl Christian is focus and commitment. And they kind of go together, don't they? They're kind of one thing, but they're a little bit separate. And it determines whether we are, a, uh, Christianity is a recreational sport. Something we do just on Sunday. We have a lot of people that have recreational sports they're involved in. They play football on the weekends. They play basketball on the weekends. They go ski, water skiing on the weekends. That's a recreational sport. Well, some people think that Christianity is a recreational sport and it'll only go to church on Sunday and that's it. Christianity is not a sport. It's a lifestyle and you have to be a Christian seven days a week. If you're trying to just be one on Sunday, you're gonna be in trouble. You're going to go out there on Monday morning and the devil's going to beat you up like crazy. Be like me trying to go against Watt in the Super Bowl. Him and me, you know. Watt plays defense for the Houston Texans. Okay, Big guy. He'd cream me. <laughs> that's what it's like when we come to church on Sunday and think that's it. I've done my duty. Oh, it feels so good, God. Oh, man, aren't you glad I come to church today? That's the way we act, isn't it? But we need to put in the effort every single day of the week, not just on Sunday, because it isn't a recreational sport. If you're living like a recreational sport, you'll lose the game. (coughs) Everything has their ups and downs. I don't care what it is, you're gonna have good days and bad days, but the secret is to keep on keeping on, to keep focused. The people that are um, Super Bowl Christians that are fighting for the prize It doesn't matter what goes on, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't make any difference. Whatever happened, we stay focused, and we ride out the storm. It doesn't matter what the hurricane level is. We're going to ride out that storm, and you're going to have storms. As a believer, you're going to have storms. Some people are going to have more than others. Sometimes I think I live my life in a hurricane, and I don't get to stay in the eye. (laughs) where it's all around me. It's going on, you know, I feel like uh, the witch in The Wizard of Oz <laughs> and the house lounge on her. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way life is, but it doesn't make any difference because I've already decided I'm going to serve God. Yeah. I'm a habitual Christian, and it doesn't matter. I'm just going to p- keep on pushing on. Philippians three fourteen, I press toward the goal to win the prize. That's what it's going to take. You have to keep pressing and pushing And doing everything you can if you want to make it, because if you don't, the devil'll knock you down. You'll be laying on the beach, and he'll be kicking sand in your face. Paul was focused and committed to winning his championship. He didn't give up when it was fourth and twenty. I'll tell you, I wish wish Seattle would have gave up last last week, last time. They didn't give up. I thought Green Bay had it in the bag. How many of you thought they had it in the bag? I thought, man, yay, they're going to the Super Bowl. I like Green Bay a lot better. But what happened? I'm not kidding you. Talk about deflate, deflate gate. (laughs) I'll tell you, it just deflated everything. Because it doesn't matter. They never gave up. It didn't make any difference how far behind they were. It didn't matter how many interceptions he threw. When it counted, he came through. That's what I wanna do. When it counts, I wanna come through, don't you? When it matters, that's what I wanna do. Vince Lombardi said, the quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence. Regardless of their chosen field of endeavor, once a man has made a commitment to a way of life, he puts the greatest strength in the world behind him. It's something we call heart power. Once a man has made this commitment, nothing will stop him short of success. In 1998, quarterback Troy Rice led Notre Dame to a national championship. Before the season, sports writers wondered if Notre Dame could beat the the tough teams with Rice, whose passing was inaccurate. Lou Holtz, Notre Dame's coach, bought Rice a dartboard and told him to practice throwing darts an hour a day. Rice didn't see how that would help his passing, but passing but a, but but passing accuracy and confidence now good back here help but it did it. but did it anyway he was committed and focused soon he began to throw passes with more accuracy and confidence which ended up with a championship season focus and commi- commitment make the difference between a Super Bowl champion and the others and sometimes there's not mess in that too is the fact that sometimes we do things that don't seem to make any sense and if we do them then we, get, we reap the benefits of it. James 1 8. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you're double minded and you can't make up your mind, you're unstable. I don't care, you name the subject, you'll be unstable in it. From what color to paint your house, it'll <laughs> be unstable, to the big decisions that, that you make in your life. Which school am I going to? Which, which one, woman or man am I going to marry? All these kind of things. If you can't make a decision with the way that God wants you to, and make up your mind and stick to it, that's why people. If you if you married somebody, the Bible says you stick it out. There are some exceptions. You can come talk to me about that, and I'll let you know if you qualify. <laughs> but God wants us to be together. The fifth trait of a Super Bowl Christian is sacrifice. Now, sacrifice grows out of all the others, and is a key to the success. If you don't sacrifice, you're never going to reach your goal. If you're not willing to give up something to attain something else, you will never make it. Hebrews 12, 1. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That's We have to keep on running. And whatever hinders us, we have to get rid of it. Whatever's keeping you from serving God, you've got to get rid of it. I don't care what it is. You choose. If God's convicting you of something you need to give up, give it up. Because you can't win with as if you don't. Vince Lombardi. I know I'm using a lot of football things here. That's why I, you know, purposely use football guy things. Because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Vince Lombardi said, "Success is like ha- like anything worthwhile. It has a price. You may have to pay the price to win, and pay the price to get to the point where success is possible. Most important, you must pay the price to stay there. Football is a great deal like life, in that it teaches that work, sacrifice, perseverance, competitive drive, self." Selflessness and respect for authority is the price that each and every one of us must pay to achieve any goal that is worthwhile. Put up the next slide, please. <coughs> oh, missed the scripture. Oh, scripture. Go through the other one. I don't know where I put it. Go to the next one. There we go. That's what I want. Super Bowl Christians give up things that hinder su- success and take up things that promote it. Super Bowl Christians give up pet sins and take up doing what's right. Super Bowl Christians give up freedoms and take up submission. In doing so, Super Bowl Christians' time, thinking, and actions will be radically changed. We do those things and we discipline ourselves and do the things that God wants us to do. Our lives will change, and it will be amazing the changes. I sit back and look back at my life before I become a believer. I thought, man, who was that person? We, well, you wouldn't even think we were the same person that's the reality of it. And that's what God wants to do every one of our lives. Um, the Super Bowl Christian, like the Super Bowl athlete, continually trains and sacrifices. It isn't one day or one thing. It's a lifetime of it. I'm amazed. You know, years ago, I smoked. And I quit, oh, man, I don't know how many, 30, 40 years ago, <laughs> I guess, 1981, I guess it was. And, and once in a while, even now, I'll get a whiff of a cigarette and I'll want one. That's crazy, isn't it? is really crazy but that's the way things are you know they're seeing things that we liked during back then and once in a while the devil will just run them past you sometimes he runs it past my nose of course I'm not going to smoke cigarettes <laughs> I've already decided that but it's th- that's just one example you may have your own examples of things in your life things that you thought we it was over I have defeated that I didn't have a problem with that I got over that now all of a sudden seven years later here it is again The devil wants to know if you're still interested. Hey, does this look good to you anymore? Yeah. Because he knows our weakness, and that's what he's going to use against us, our weakness. There's no off-season for the Christian or the athlete. Paul continued to press on until he died. The sixth trait of a Super Bowl Christian is character. And character ties the other five together and gives them shape. Charles Reed, English novelist and dramatist, wrote, Sow an act, and you reap a habit. Sow a habit, and you reap a character. <laughs> Sow a character, and you reap a destiny. That's how it starts. You are where you plan to be a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago, five years ago, last week, yesterday. Of course, all of us are here because we plan to be here today. But everything we do makes us where we are. You are where you decided to be. You say, well, I didn't decide that. Well, you follow your life back, and you're going to find out you did. We all decide and make choices, and then we end up where where our choices have taken us. Every Super Bowl team has a game plan that weaves all these elements into one. The character of a Super Bowl Christian is the element that weaves desire, discipline, focus, commitment, and sacrifice together. Character of the Christian is defined as Christ-likeness. Philippians 3.10 I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him. Paul acknowledged he wasn't there yet, but he was moving toward it. And the day he died at the hand of a Roman sword, he crossed the goal line. He made it. He got his crown. And Christ welcomed him into his reward that we can't even imagine. We can't even imagine the things that God has prepared for us. Each day, Paul grew closer because he had the desire. He was disciplined. He was committed and focused. He was willing to sacrifice, and he was developing godly character. In a few hours, the game will be played, four 15-minute quarters and the halftime and commercials that everybody wants to watch because they're supposedly the best commercials of the year. And during the game, a lot of people are going to be on that field expending all kinds of energy to win a temporary championship. One that, if they don't win it again, won't be remembered. I don't remember how, uh, most of the Super Bowl, Bowl games, who won them, but I can look it up, find it out on the internet. But five years ago, I don't know who won. Because it's temporary, and those are just working for a temporary goal, fame and fortune for a year, to be able to say, I'm a champion. We have to spend a lifetime working towards our crown, working toward our championship working toward that day when we pass the goal, goal line, whether it was in Christ comes and takes us home, or we die. It don't matter. That's the only time we can we get to quit. We get to rest. We rest in him, of course, while we're doing all this stuff, because he'll give us the strength to do it. If you're having trouble struggling with something, give it to God. Let him help you. But you're gonna have a struggle, you're gonna have problems, you're gonna have things until you die. Just like death and taxes. And so and, and the way thing they got the tax laws written, taxes even outlive you. You have to pay taxes even when you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) They got a way to do it. (coughs) We have an opportunity to play for eternal rewards in a championship. We can win a prize that can never dim, but the outcome isn't up to anyone but us. We choose to become a Super Bowl Christian. Put up the next slide, please. Do you have the desire, discipline, focus, and commitment to be a Super Bowl Christian? Are you willing to make the sacrifices necessary to be a Super Bowl Christian? Do you have the character required to become a Super Bowl Christian? If you have these traits, you will not only be a Super Bowl champion Christian, you will receive the crown of a Super Bowl champion and all the other things that only a champion can receive. We all can be champions. Only members of the team are in the Super Bowl only members of the team, the ones that wear the jerseys. I got a jersey, it's not the one that's playing in the Super Bowl today though, but I got a jersey, I'm supporting the team, but I'm not on the team, I don't get to go out on the field. And when you become a member of Christ, you get a jersey. How many of you know you get a jersey when you got to get saved? Everybody looking at me like a deer, deer looking at headlights. We are covered with his righteousness, that's our jersey. That's what we put on. We've become a believer. We are covered with his righteousness, and it says Jesus on it, redeemed. Hallelujah. I don't know what all it says on it, but whatever it is, I've got it on there. Yeah. may not have a number on the back, but i got a name on my heart that says Christ and redeemed. Yeah. Hallelujah. I like that jersey, don't you? Yeah. Do you have that jersey this morning? Are you on the right team? There's only two teams on the field. God's team's. Satan's teams. Which one are you? Whose jersey are you wearing? Whose jersey you got on this morning? I put on Christ's righteousness when I became a believer. You can have that jersey this morning. You can join the right team. You get to win a crown. You get to win a championship ring. You get to win all the rewards and glory attached to it. Now, how that's great. Now I know that either one of those teams wish they knew what the outcome of the game is gonna be. But see, God knows the outcome of my Super Bowl and he knows the outcome of yours. And it's all in your choice. As long as you stay in the game, you're gonna win. It doesn't matter how bad you are, that jersey will never carry any dirt. No one can tear that jersey off. The only way you can get rid of that jersey is if you take it off. And when you take it off, you change teams. Are you a member of the right team team this morning? Are you going to win your Super Bowl? Choice is yours. Amen? Let's pray.